Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Jesus, we come to you this morning eager and excited for yet another opportunity to have a good conversation about you and about your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you send down your Holy Spirit into our hearts and clear away from our sinfulness. And instead, Lord, you might take territory in our heart. We ask that as you send your Holy Spirit down upon us, Lord, that we might have ears to hear, that we might receive your Spirit, and that might lead us to truth, might lead us to you, that we may speak with a clarity that only can come from the lights and insights that you give to your faithful. Jesus, we are your humble servants, and today we thank you for this opportunity to be joined together. And Mother Mary, we ask for your intercession as we always do. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, sir. That's a big old spike. Cool, dude. Trevor, how has your last three days been since I've seen or since I've talked to you last? Welcome to Layman's Terms. It's your co-host, Trevor. Oh, that's right. Hey, welcome to Layman's Terms. This is Alex, your other co-host. Trevor. The last three days I picked up a How? illness. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Ooh. I haven't picked it up at all. It's already been here, and actually, if anything, it's getting a lot better. So, praise God. Um, mm. No, and it's not Corona, so so y'all chill out, listen. Um no, dude, I'm doing, I'm doing good. What have I done the last three days? This week, I have been at training for Focus. Um, so it's like we have three weeks of little more intensive training where we have the classes, and but you're doing it with your campus instead of like obviously being in a different location with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people. Um, so it's just my team. But it's really exciting because I hadn't seen uh, two of my teammates for like five months in person because of mm-hmm. the rona um and so yeah it's been a gift to have them back and to start to get to know my new team director and her husband and um yeah we just had a ton of fun this week get this cool this is so i with uh ray and chet moving here my new teammates they last night pulled something that was unthinkable um, so they told us from the beginning of the week that there was going to be a surprise uh, at 7.30 on Thursday. And so we were like, oh, sick. Like, you know, I like surprises. And I kept trying to ask questions, like figuring out what it was. Well, these freaking suckas, it was Ray's birthday yesterday. And none of us knew because like she had deactivated it on her Facebook where we couldn't see it. And, oh, we, yeah. didn't, and we didn't know her well enough to know that yet. And like, you know, they just moved to Norman. So it's not like anyone here really <laughs> yeah. knew. And so they literally threw a, a surprise birthday party for the for, like for herself, uh, and we're, like we showed up and we're like, so what's the surprise? And she's like, it's my birthday. And we're like, what? The? That's so funny. Um, but it was so <laughs> ridiculous. We were like, I was actually kind of pissed because earlier today, cupcakes had came in the mail, and it was like to the birthday girl, and we were like, that's what the like delivery person said, and. Ray was like, oh, my mom must have got, like, our dates of training confused. And I don't know, that's a terrible excuse, but we definitely, like, (laughs) fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker, like, all three of us. Because when we walked in, none of us had any clue. Um, So, so yeah, we just got completely duped. But it was a good time. Super, super fun. And I feel like I'm starting to get to know them better, which is awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just ridiculous stuff. That's awesome. Um, So... Which of your teammates are back this year? Because I thought Matt left. Yeah, Matt did leave. Um, yeah. Is he the only one? No. Uh, other Megan left. Um, so okay. it's I have the two girls, oh, right. two girls that entered staff with me, uh, Megan and Clarissa. Yeah. And then these new teammates, Ray and Chet, who are super cool. Um, okay. Been enjoying getting cool. to know them. We took Chet's I paddle forgot. and just because uh, he was in beta and we just smashed like fruit with them last night that was their idea of a fun so i was like you know these are good people 
Uh, <laughs> nice. These are good people. <laughs> yeah. Like rotten fruit. We're not like, uh, again, yeah, we're not trying to waste the earth's resources. They Wasting. Were, yeah, they were yeah. fruit. He, he purposely went to the store and picked out all the fruit that was like terrible that like no one was going to pick mm. out. And then we beat them, um, which was Fun. highly entertaining, actually. Fun. Um, I forgot you guys are like a five person. Like yep. you had five people last year, and now I guess again this year. Yeah, we got the squad. So, squad. Um, yeah, so that would be my week in a nutshell. A lot of good times. Um, cool. Today we got time for a lot of miscellaneous things, so I'm hoping to just crank out a lot of the to-do list items. Um, uh-huh. But it's been really super good. I, we, we'll we definitely have to talk about it, but Dr. Jonathan Reyes taught our last two days of classes, and oh, wow. the dude was just going off on uh, basically like he would consider uh, – like the the position of Christendom and and how and Christian thought like throughout history, versus mm-hmm. uh you know basically the last two hundred fifty years producing the the yeah. he called secular humanist position, um on on human life and what it means to be a mu- a man or a woman and all these things, um super good like really thought provoking a lot mm-hmm. we had some really good conversations around it as a team. Uh, because I think a lot of the things he was uh, drawing out, he wasn't necessarily he, like he kept emphasizing over and over. He wasn't trying to be apologetic, like uh, in the terms of like making some kind of argument for the faith. Um, mm-hmm. He was simply drawing out like what has happened, where and kind of like laying the land of of some of the realities that we face um, by examining how they've developed through the past two hundred fifty years, which is was really uh, interesting. You know, even like some things are like the obvious, you know, you think about like um, kind of the, the departure from the assumption that we are created, you know, the kind of anatomical view of the world that everything comes from Adam or, you, you know, everything's purely mm-hmm. um, material. But so some of those things you think of like that, but also really interesting thoughts on like um, maybe the decline of, of a, a stable geographic origin for people like how families aren't you know growing up in the same place that their great 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 grandfathers lived anymore yeah as as would have been common you know for most of human history um and so that was really interesting as well to kind of observe some some observations on that as far as it pertains to maybe some of the feelings of of searching for identity due to a loss of some of the uh, more i guess normative means of kind of giving us a grasp upon who we are and where we came from um mm-hmm. if that makes sense so he and it wasn't even concluding yeah, like this sucks like he was just like kind of again like looking at <laughs> where where the world is at um yeah so yeah hmm. super super interesting Neat. speaking of interesting it is interesting i always find your weeks interesting what were you up to this week um let's see really not much i started running um, all week, uh, me and Riley will go to parks and stuff. Hey. Um, yeah, he is much faster than me. <laughs> and so, which is really annoying because I did cross country in high school and he's just some Joe Schmo. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he didn't put in the time, baby. Yeah, exactly. He didn't earn this. Um, so he always like, I'm always super pooped and i can only last like 10 to 15 minutes um which is not good (laughs) like that's really short um so that happened um let's see what else um pretty normal week i mean it's only been a couple days um i did not get to post this is friday morning i didn't get to post our last podcast till yesterday um just because there was like, you know, between running, doing masses, and <sighs> sorry, it's six a.m. Um, between running, doing masses, and other stuff, I just did not get the chance to edit it. Um, and so, um, I posted it yesterday, and then quick turnaround. We're recording again today. Um. But yeah, just just been more of the same, more routine. Today's my last day at work. Um, 
yeah, after this, I'll have a week off and then I will go to, um, go to, uh, back to the seminary. So that'll no be way. Fun. That's crazy. Are you, yeah. are you moving out today too from the rectory? No, I won't move out until next Sunday, but it is most likely that I'm going to be gone like most of next week, uh, because I'm going on a camping trip. Oh, trip. who are you going yeah. on a camping trip with? Will, Greg, and Riley. Hey. The boys. Where y'all going? Yeah. We don't know yet. Greg's figuring it out. But we've secured backpacks. We've secured three backpacks for the four of us. Uh, let's see if we can secure a fourth one. Um, And, yeah, we're just going uh, to... Greg knows a lot about backpacking. He's never gone backpacking, but he's always wanted to, so he knows enough. Um, and so we're just gonna, yeah, go out there and experience it and see how it goes. I'm pumped, dude. That's huge. And y'all yeah. have no clue where you're going yet. You're kind of like, ah, whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we figured we'd just start walking. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, we'll figure it out, Greg. Greg is looking at places, um, so once he finds one, that's where we'll settle in on. Shout out, shout out our man, we Greg. Were, yeah, shout out, Greg. We were planning on going to Colorado, and then just with, like, the huge spike in cases and stuff, and also, like, we were going to visit Summer Projects, and they really don't want visitors <laughs> right now shout anymore. Shout out to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so... Um, we just decided it'd be best to stay home, um, stay in Missouri, that is, and do something here. So, hey, yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be some places you can do that in Missouri. I mean, just got to find yeah. a little bit of a road and just get after it. You know, maybe not like a paved road, yeah. but you know what I mean. Um, a little bit of a path, I should say. But that's crazy. Yeah, the date, the ending. The days are nigh for the end of the the graveyard mm-hmm. shift. Literally, ah, yeah, ah, ah, ah. it's hours away. This is this is the day. <laughs> this is the day. How many of those boxes did you get through? You told me at the start of the summer that you had like eight boxes. And oh yeah, of paperwork. Um, so yeah, it turns out we underestimated that. <laughs> there was way more boxes, but we got through three and a half. Okay, not um, bad. Not bad. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think that that's just going to be like an ongoing project for them is to get that all scanned. Um, Yeah, but we were looking at the, like, I'm actually like neck and neck with one of the other guys for having scanned the most documents. Um, And so it's like, it's a really weird thing <laughs> to like get pumped about. But I think because he's coming in late today, I think I'm going to overtake him. Come on, baby. And yeah. <laughs> I'll have scanned the most documents of the summer by the end of the day today. <laughs> That's hilarious. Is there a yeah. prize? No. <laughs> bragging rights, baby. Pride. That's Yeah, bragging rights and pride. Uh, a, a prize that I... Don't necessarily want. <laughs> well, yeah, you can go out Shouldn't on the town and let the populace want. know that more papers were accumulated by yourself than anyone else, and I think that will bring about a great deal of of honor. Um, there yeah. might be a festival. There might be a festival. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. That's still, I totally would be competitive about that, though. You have to. It's part of the fun of it. <laughs> Makes me feel like I was a good worker. But really, he was listening to the podcast the whole time. Come on, baby. I was. I was. But Too it was timing. like the kind of work, it was the kind of work you could do with podcasts in the background, you know? For sure. We uh, we were talking about um, one of our friends yesterday that works in a landscaping business. Um, and Megan was like, this, this man listens to podcasts all day long. I was like, honestly, if he like, invested in the right audiobooks you you know get like a master's degree while he's like working two years mm-hmm. in a landscaping job and just start cranking out those audiobooks yeah. baby come on <laughs> uh i'm totally well, i've been i'm totally kidding but you know 
episode. I've been using a uh, library app to get audiobooks for free. <laughs> and it's actually really nice. Um, the only thing is, like, I hate this about the app. Like, it's so annoying. Holds will only last for, like, a day. And uh, it won't send me notification that I have the book that I wanted on holds. And it's, like, a two, sometimes, like, six-week wait for the books that I want. And so, like, if I miss my hold, I have to wait another two to six weeks. And so, like, there's only been one hold that I've caught in time out of out of the Silent Planet by C.S. Lewis. Hey. The rest of them have just fallen through. Um, so I've only been able to listen to like one audiobook this summer. Man, that is tough. The uh, the timing he's got to get he's got to like start checking it like it's the you know Facebook Marketplace yeah, really. when you're looking for a couch. Um, Speaking of, I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna check it <laughs> right now on the podcast. Of course. That's so lame. <laughs> People are about to be like, Alex, why did you get quiet for about two minutes? And he's like, no, no reason, man. I'm just, I'm just, you know, booking no along. Reason, man. Just booking along. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah. Anyways, we should probably get into our topic of the day, shouldn't we? Topic of the day. You know, Alex, um, books are good for learning. Um, but sometimes there are some things you can't learn in a book. Some things you have to le- learn, um, perhaps by following a certain person and learning from them experientially. Um, so today we wanted to talk about discipleship. How to do? Yeah, that was that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, my goal is to like I have to come up with some transition from whatever we're talking about to the topic and it's always a stretch and a half but i'm gonna just absolutely try nonetheless because it has yeah. to be done <laughs> that's funny um yeah cool so i kind of wanted to talk about this pro this um yeah this topic because of a few reasons one is just like this confusion that i remember feeling of like what even is discipleship in college um like a big part of the ministry a big like idea and something that like you know i went to multiple conferences on and some places prefer to call it one-on-one mentorship some people some places prefer discipleship um but at the end of the day yeah, it's just this one-on-one mentorship that's going on. It's kind of planned out. And the other thing is just, like, the confusion of, like, I think a lot of people just assumed it was just intense catechesis, and that's what discipleship was. Um, But in reality, like, I think it has more to do with leading someone to God and letting God disciple them, you know, that at least what we call discipleship a lot of times in ministry is just like letting them become a disciple, teaching them to become a disciple of God um, to the point of you're not worried about them, you know, ditching their faith after college yeah Trevor, does that all make for sense sure. yeah for sure I, I would add that discipleship let's say maybe doesn't have to be one-on-one um mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is that i mean again with jesus as our, our model um you see that he has 12 Um, and that he gets, it's not like he like has like 12 equal one hour blocks with them. Um, you know, like he had three that he gave Mm -hmm. more time than others. And he certainly had one-on-one conversations with all of them at some point. Um, even if they're, even if that's not written in the narrative of the scriptures, we can probably, uh, assume that that would be Mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, and, and actually let me rephrase. Jesus had 70 disciples. He had 12 apostles, um, but apostles, yeah. Yeah. important distinction and not one I really wanted to focus on for this, but just worth noting. 
Um, but even like with the 12 apostles, right? Like a lot of times what he was teaching them and how they were following him was like in a group context. And so I think already in the modern kind of vision for discipleship, we have sort of um, engineered a certain reality that may not necessarily be the case. Like the assumption that it's one-on-one might are like by mm-hmm. nature is maybe already problematic at, to the biblical model. Um, not again, I'm not saying that Jesus never had one-on-one conversations. We obviously have some clarity in that. Um, we see him pull aside Peter or, or John or yeah, maybe not John, but others, you know, um, does that make sense already? Is the first noting? Yeah, what you're saying is that you hate focus. That's what I'm hearing. It sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. No, but, um, I think too <laughs> what what you're saying about um, that uh, there's not a lot of clarity around it is I think because it has become a like a word that people have used so much um, mm-hmm. that people. I think the word discipleship has come to mean more of a structure or a a program than it has um, a life with Christ in a lot of settings. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not taking shots at my apostolate or any specific apostolate or ministry. I'm I'm kind of like looking and painting with broad strokes across the board in the various ministry settings that I've seen and applied. Um, And I think that that is partially because we by nature want to define something um like like that's part of who we are right we want to like kind of set boundaries and parameters around things so that we can kind of um, fit nicely within it and know that we are operating in that way like we want to know that we are jesus's disciple um Mm -hmm. and i think there's something to be said about that and i think there are some boundaries and some parameters and some expectations we can set but i also think that if discipleship is our journey following christ to wherever he's leading us right that is going to be particular to each person's own journey with him um because by nature christ has called each of us to a different path does that make sense like i'm not i'm not arguing for some kind of relativistic understanding of it but just saying that yeah i think that we hit uh, maybe boundaries and in, in human limits on defining what discipleship is because of its very nature of being like a walking into a divine mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah. And the way, yeah, like the way you had put it of um, like the way the, th- the reason we don't really know exactly what it is is that like our whole life part of discipleship is figuring out what discipleship is like our whole life we're learning more of what it is um but then on the other hand i think i was kind of like talking more in terms of like when people refer to discipleship in ministry and parish settings yep um yeah like that can be where it's like, yeah, like I agree, like it becomes like this programmatic thing. Um, and it's like, I think the whole point of it is it needs to be individualized. Um, but yeah, the goal of it, I think isn't, I think it's so easy for us to think like the goal of it is just intense catechesis. Yeah. You know, like just I learning come in the things with, and reading the books and yes, getting all the knowledge. Yes. Yeah. And it's all formed, it's all, like, it's all about, like, yeah, intellectual formation and sometimes a little spiritual formation where it's like, hey, dude, I'm going to hold you accountable to praying this week, you know? Um, Or, like, I'm going to give you some... Or, like, when a discipler, like, tries to be a pseudo-spiritual director and just gives really bad advice. (laughs) That is a really, yeah, that's a really bad thing, too. Um and yeah like i think that it's like it's more than that like it's like i said like it's trying to get this person to a point where you know once you stop meeting with them once you once they're cut off from this ministry or this community then they're going to continue to pursue god and to pursue christ um yeah just like radically 
Yeah. You know, like they're not just going to be like the next Joe Schmo in the pew. Like they're going to be a disciple, you know? Yeah, because we have too many freaking Joe Schmoes out there. That seems like every exactly. day I'm looking through the parish, you know, little, uh, what would that be called? A list with all the names in the parish. The parish directory, directory. all the time. And yeah. I just see Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo. It's amazing how many people have the last name Schmo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it's I a mean, very Catholic name. <laughs> yeah, super Catholic. I mean, really, if you look at the Pew Research Forum's latest statistics, that 30% of Catholics in the country are named Joe Schmo. Um, no, I, I agree with you, too, that like the goal of discipleship is, one, we look to St. Paul, right, who records, I think in 1 Corinthians, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Right, so it's mm-hmm. it's not as if the person is claiming some sort of authority, right? They're they're claiming that they are under the authority of Christ, and they want to to share that with someone else. Yeah. Um. So it's not a power play. It's not a. It's not something like that. First off, um, but I think you're hundred percent right in that the goal, like, if a discipleship program has had someone in it for ten years that isn't like replicating, I guess, the lessons of that discipleship Mm -hmm. program um, by also seeking out those who are unevangelized and sharing the faith with them, then it has been fruitless. Um, Mm -hmm. Or at least in that person's life, it's been fruitless. Because the whole goal, right, when we look at what what was it that the apostle, again, we have to, when we use terms like this, we always have to look back to what did that mean to Jesus and his early followers? And when we look at mm-hmm. what Jesus calls his disciples, he says, if anyone wants to come after me or follow me, um, kind of using almost like romantic language, um, if anyone wants to come after me, what does he have to do? He has to take up his cross daily, take up his instrument of torture daily and follow me. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone wants to follow me, he must leave father and mother and brother, right? Like the call of discipleship can't be this kind of like, well, I think you're 100% right in saying that there's a major problem in this idea of discipleship just being this intentional time for learning. That is a part of it. But learning that has come because we have looked at the promises of the rabbi and said, I will follow you and I will abandon my past life and many aspects mm-hmm. of my past life in order to learn from you, you know. And so, and so, I'm not saying this means that you need to kind of, you know, go on your own little adventure backpacking trip like Alex is about to, um, your own little backpacking <laughs> trip across the country looking in different caves and forests and be like, you there, Jesus? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not implying that's what it means. But I do think it means that at the forefront of this journey in discipleship, there has to be the idea that there is going to be a radical detachment that you're being called to and a walking away from certain parts of your past life in order to reform your mind to what the rabbi would teach, which is newsflash going to be more than just reading books. It's going to involve like mm-hmm. the books are great. I love reading books and I, I could talk for a long time about why intellectual formation is so important. And we have done that actually. We've spent a whole episode on that. Um, but it comes with a change of your life that, that has to involve like going out because that is what mm-hmm. the early apostles did. Like that's what they were commissioned to do. To be an apostle yeah. means to be sent. And that is the last command that Jesus gave his apostles. And that's what we see recorded in the Acts of the Apostles, kind of like the fifth gospel I've heard it called. Right? You see this like narrative of how the church responds to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, his ascension to heaven, and the sending of the Holy Spirit. And when you read the evangelists that write the letters in the New Testament, all of them are evangelists. They have gone out. Um, so yeah, if if discipleship is ever separated from an intentional going out to share the word, then it has been uh, poorly understood or or explained. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think at the end, there is just like, trying to gather thought. Um, Gather. At the end, like, because with like, I don't know, with my own experience doing like discipleship with guys, whenever I'd sit down with them, yeah, the two p- 
pitfalls I would fall into is like, this is super dry intellectual time, or this is me trying to be your spiritual director time. Um, and neither of those things made them like neither of those things made them better followers of Christ. Like didn't really like cause them to leave their whole life, their old life behind and begin a new one. Um, I'd say like, yeah, like a pretty often, like there was really no, not much of like a, of a call to action behind it, you know? And I don't know. Just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. hundred percent. It becomes almost like a, we talked about this all the time, how like we're not spiritual directors and we're also not counselors and focused like that. Mm-hmm. Neither of those are our role. Not that we yeah. won't speak of spiritual things or not that we won't deal with emotional baggage, but mm-hmm. that's like, there's a reason that spiritual directors and counselors exist, right? Because they've been trained and they have been like sent in that specific area of their life to witness Christ in that way. Um, and yeah, discipleship is not about, well, being like in a discipleship relationship to someone who is, you know, saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ, like follow me as I'm following Mm -hmm. after Christ. The goal of that relationship, like you said, is that it, that it multiplies into that person's life and that they multiply into another person's life. And not that like, yeah, that it becomes just this kind of like, I'm here for you kind of thing. It's not that I, I don't want to, I'm painting with broad strokes and I don't want to give the impression that it's heartless or that it's calculated because it is intentional and it's, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's uh, incarnational and in that it takes place in a real living relationship and it should involve some sort yeah. of deep friendship. But the primary end of it is, of is not like, Hey, let me help you walk through your past wounds or Hey, let me like counsel you on where you're going in the future. Because like you said, both of those fall into different areas, especially for people that, that have been trained to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the goal in the parish and in the, in the ministry in the college setting is that discipleship should be those who have put on Christ, those who have you know, already gone through this process or at least have begun and are somewhat along the way of of emptying their life radically of all their attachments to worldly things and surrendering those in the sake of making other disciples of like raising up others in the faith of being the church that is, you know, sent out. Um, it should be in that context that someone of that, uh, that fits that description is sharing their faith with, with someone else in an intentional way who has had a conversion already and is like desiring to grow, um, desiring to, to learn what it means to fully, like put on Christ. Does that make sense? Like, I think, um, the word discipleship would probably be inappropriately phrased to describe the first evangelistic efforts to someone. Um, because like discipleship comes with saying, leaving other things behind. And of course, those who are first evangelizing aren't leaving other things behind yet. They're just spent, we're just spending time with them to try to, to share like Mm -hmm. goodness with them. I think it's after that moment of transformation that, that discipleship takes place because it's a moment when the person has the ability and the willingness to say, yes, I will leave these behind to learn more from you of who Jesus is. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I like that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that is true where it's like, a key aspect of discipleship is leaving things behind. Um, not even necessarily, I mean, well, yeah, part of that would be sinful things, but even other things as well. Because I think on a college campus, a big problem was like, hey, like, I, I need you, or like, if you wanted to be involved with the Catholic center because of like all that's going on in a college campus, that meant you couldn't be involved at other, in other areas. You know what I mean? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. you might have to give up your involvement in chess club 
to be more involved at the Catholic Center, you know? Dang, man. You, you had to leave something like behind. <clears throat> you know, I love chess, but... Um, yeah, and... Like, but similarly, like, it's something with, like, young adults, too, where there is this sense of, like, careerism, where it's, like, if you... It's really easy for the for young adults to get caught up with, like, doing their career all the time um and sometimes like you have to ask them like hey like do you want to make god more important than like these little boosts in your career that you're doing like at the end of like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. making making time for god out of your day and sometimes that means you can't get as much done in the day you know and I, i think that that just continues on over and over for the rest of our lives where it's like we have to give up a certain portion to be disciples um we have to like not necessarily um be able to do everything we want to do because there's higher things yes yeah like there's an element of sacrifice that that is part and parcel of, of of the Christian life and an authentic following of Christ that cannot be like, and I, and I think Alex, the reason this happens <coughs> is because we have seen the perpetuation of a lot of false gospels. Um, and one of those yeah. gospels that we see, and I think is, we were actually just talking about this yesterday with my team, one of the most dangerous versions of the gospel, because it's somewhat right. Um, and it's actually like decently right, but also very, very wrong is have you heard of like Christian Smith's uh, moral therapeutic deism? Have we talked about that before? I have. I've heard of it. I don't. I don't think we've talked about it on here before. Yeah, I'm not going to even try to define that because I don't want to like butcher it. It's um, it's basically kind of like people using the idea of God for the sake of giving themselves comfort. Yes. Um, and giving and then convincing themselves they're good people. Yes. Um, it's just like using God more as a therapy, like for your own comfort than yes. actually being called into something. And I think that as much as that is a message of the secular world, it is also a message that has crept into the ways that we speak of Jesus Christ and why we should follow him. A lot of mm-hmm. people speak of it as like, well, follow Jesus because like your life's going to be so much better and you're going to be so much more happy. And like, you know, mm-hmm. people say like, you know, give yourself to the Lord because like, that's what your desires were made for. And I don't say those to malign those ideas because they're all right. Like it's, it is right that your life will be much more filled with joy. It is right that Mm. like your desires that you truly are made for will be fulfilled. But I think that we have cheapened and I have done this at many times, the true gospel message that the early Christians would have been preaching because they were saying there was a man who claimed to be the Messiah. He was, he wrote, he died and rose from the dead and has now come like ascended into heaven and called us to, to be his disciples, to follow him and to await his return when he will like restore or when he will create a new heaven and a new earth. Like the, the gospel mm-hmm. message has to involve life, death, resurrection, and an awaiting of a second coming. If it's missing any of those elements, it's not a true gospel presentation. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason I'm harping on this is because I think that the kind of abuses that we see in what uh, discipleship should be um, or the abuses we see in like what you're talking about of like, yeah, people kind of sort of are looking for a place where they feel better is because that is the gospel that people have been sold. They've been sold that the good news is that Jesus makes you happy. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. that's true, but it's missing the point because the point is that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And we are made for relationship from him from the beginning. And that like the Christian life until then will be a battle because we live in enemy occupied territory where you will suffer. Um, and, and, it, but it, the suffering is, is worth it and it's meritorious and it's good because Jesus one took it on and redeemed it himself. But two, it's an invitation into the very love of, of, of the father and of the Trinity. Um, and I think that, like, again, it's not to say that we, our desires aren't for the Lord, that we won't be more fulfilled. But I think when we preach that at the outset with, with like, kind of leaving the kind of whole picture out, 
um, we create this kind of monster in a sense that we see in these abuses, especially in discipleship culture, where, where it becomes about what can I get? Hmm. Yeah. Interestingly enough, too, I kind of like, I feel like you can see that play out in in the way that people are like, ups, not obsessed, but like care a lot about who they're discipled by. Um, yes. Like, there's like, yeah, this weird, like, not, I don't know. It, it is kind of like the scripture in Acts or not Acts, um, in the letters of Paul, um, where he says, like, stop saying you're from Timothy and stop saying you're from Paul. Like you're from Christ. Like you're not, I I was you were not baptized in the name of Paul. You're baptized in the name of Christ, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, 100%. Cause I, I, I do, I don't think it's wrong to have a certain person to which you're like, man, that is an authentic environment. Like example of, Christ that I want mm-hmm. to emulate, like will, you know, to seek to follow that person, not as mm-hmm. an end, but as a means to Christ. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think the wrongness is that what you see a lot of times in college campuses is there's an attachment to being the, the disciple or, you know, to being in a discipleship relationship with someone who's leading you to Christ, who particularly like uh, is cool. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why, you, you know, you want to be with them. I think it's not about, it's not that people shouldn't prefer to be led towards Christ by one person or another, as long as their end is Christ and they find, you know, they believe that, mm-hmm. you know, in their prayer or discernment or whatever, that like one particular person that they've met maybe will most bring them in that direction. I think the yeah. the problem, what you're addressing happens a lot because people don't want it for that reason. They just like, it's that, I mean, I see this a lot, and honestly, in, in focus settings, the missionary is kind of cool. Like they're like a... Uh, they would have like a popular personality on in really most places. And so people want yeah. to be associated with them so that they become cool as well. Like I, I've been guilty of that in the past for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, I think it comes down to like, you should, you can be happy about who's discipling you, you should, but like it shouldn't be something of a pride. Yes. Like, it should be a joy of, oh, like, I really like this guy and I really admire this guy. But not a, like, I am glad he's discipling me because now I get to say I was discipled by a focused missionary instead of another student. Or now I get to say I was discipled by, like, the most popular guy on campus or or whatever. You know what I mean? And so... Yeah, it kind of becomes, and this is where I think, rightly so, people have uh, kind of opposition to discipleship as a word mm-hmm. that's kind of, again, almost become um, jargonized and stigmatized yeah. and all these things. <laughs> because I think that, like, quite frankly, we do see, you know, some really uh, questionable displays of what what it means to be a disciple of Christ in, in the context of using this word in ministry settings. Sometimes it's exemplified mm-hmm. so poorly that people look at it and they're like, that is not what it means to be a follower of Christ, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I understand why people are apprehensive towards this term a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's the term that hits the most fully at what we, what we all should be hoping to be. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's why, you know, modern, kind of like ministry movements have, have used it is because they're not inventing it or I think it, it goes wrong like down the, down the way. I don't think, you know, focus or, or EC or whatever ministry is using the word discipleship. I, they're using it because that's the word that Jesus used to call those who followed him. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not using it because they're like trying to create a program um, per se. Yeah. But I think that it often like people miss that point. And it can devolve into that oftentimes and become barren. It can become like lifeless because it has become a program as opposed to an authentic relationship with the creator who became man Mm -hmm. to walk with us. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, this is another buzzword. (laughs) 
in itself, but like we just have this huge temptation to program programatize everything. Yes. Um. Yeah, and it, it's just like, and then that becomes like its own like buzzword of like oh like we can't programatize everything and it's like i mean yeah like there's like at the end of the day it's just like all prudence (laughs) and it's like how do i um as i continue with my striving towards god as i continue to grow closer to him hopefully i am able to better bring people along with me you know and that's kind of like at the end of the day like all you can really hope for um yes and yeah as you start to understand your own discipleship with god you can help other people learn about their discipleship with god yes and that's and that's the like we can we do there are a lot of problems and i think that's we wanted to talk about it obviously because we see a lot of those but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think what you're saying right there is that there, like, if it's done from that place, how could we not speak of, of that being intimately connected to Christ's desire for us? You know, like, like he desired mm-hmm. that we would be one, even as he and the father are one, um, you know, in John 17, he desires that Matthew 28, right? That we, that we go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Like <laughs> it's impossible to like detach a Christian life from going out and being sent and leading others in their journey toward the Lord, or at least being a a journeyman with someone on their journey to the Lord. And I think that, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, discipleship, when we use the word in that context is, is, is so intimately connected to the Christian life. So, and that's, and that's why we want to like emulate it and, and to, and to live it out in such a way in our life, because we know that what you're saying, like, you know, to be with someone on the journey in their life and to hopefully that our discipleship with the Lord inspires their discipleship with the Lord, that, that is the vision from the beginning. Um, and I think there is something very pure in its, in its origin when uh, modern ministries are using it, even if it gets sidetracked sometimes along the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're in your parish and you hear about a discipleship program and people start to talk about like, all the things you're going to learn and there's no, like, I think a clear, when we're looking for like kind of the uh, false prophets of discipleship, or, you know, like those that are kind of leading the concept astray, uh, they don't all have to be perfect. I'm not claiming, like you said, like prudentially, there can be many different ways to explain it. As long mm-hmm. as there is associated two parts, one, uh, like a detachment from those things of before and two, a going out into the world to bring the message of, of hope and joy and the love and like to bring the message of the gospel, the good news that Jesus did die, rise, mm-hmm. um, and call us to follow him. If those two elements are connected, the, you know, the detachment and the call to go out, I think that you're, it's a good chance that your discipleship program is, or your discipleship, your concept or your way that you're using the word discipleship is on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's easy to say what it's easy to learn what it's not. It's hard to learn what it is. Exactly. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, the way that we're talking about discipleship when it's like one-on-one mentorship, I think one of the key aspects of it is like taking on first off, I think a huge aspect of it is obviously what you said already. Um, especially like leaving something behind, have someone who's ready to leave other things behind for the sake of pursuing God. Um, but then the other aspect is like taking this person's burdens on as your own, not completely, but like to a degree where it's like, if this person is struggling with, you know, not, being able to spend enough time with prayer, like it's my problem now, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to help him as much as I can to spend more time in prayer. Um, There's like kind of that aspect of it, of like 
I that and like it's not a weekly meeting. Like it's not just one time. Like you should be seeing this person more time out outside of your meetings with them. Yeah. Than inside. 100%. Um, and I I'm going to say for the record, I root like botched that so bad uh mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. and i Same. know i did um because that, that was like what i had been modeled not because i'm I'm not casting yeah. any sort of judgment um but that's what i thought it was and i think that one pet peeve that just drives me nuts uh, is when people are like oh yeah i had discipleship this week um mm-hmm. i had discipleship with him i'm like what what do you mean by that um and I know, and I'm, I'm, I know I can be, maybe that's a little bit semantic because I'm just getting mad about the way the term is used. But I think, yeah, like it's important to have clarity of, of, of language because language, like, is how we think, right? You've never had a thought that didn't, like, outside of raw sensations that didn't involve, like, you using words to describe it. Even in your brain, you're using words to, like, think about what is happening. Um, and so, language is really, really important. And so whenever we say like, oh, like I had this type of, like you are by nature almost like you, like that, I can't see how you use that phrase and it doesn't attach itself to some kind of disordered misunderstanding um, of, of it. And it, that falls into being heavily programmatic. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. The one-on-one weekly meeting is not that. Will will it involve a one on one weekly meeting in a lot of contexts? Sure, it yeah. probably will because the reality is people are, you know, even people that want to give their lives to Christ, they're busy and they have the things that maybe Christ has called them to be actively, you know, giving their lives to, and, and so be it, and that's great, you know. So it might maybe mm-hmm. it only turns into you meeting once a week, but like that meeting in itself is not like constituent of that. If that makes yeah. sense, like it, it's it's a it's well, a whole lifestyle that goes beyond that. Yeah. I, I just think that, yeah, like the meeting in itself is not the end. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's not the entirety of that, of what the relationship should look like. Um, there should be a lot more going on the meeting. And I think, especially in college, it was good to have that weekly meeting. It was very good because like, you know, otherwise you're not really going to hold each other that accountable, you know, and it's really easy to kind of you you kind of like don't really have so many one-on-one conversations and like you don't get to bring up certain things that you feel like should be brought up and stuff and does that make sense Trevor yeah I, I think the one-on-one meeting is pretty crucial for most people but it's not the entirety of what the relationship looks like yeah, I mean, it's not saying that like one-on-one conversations are bad or that or that like there isn't a need to have some kind mm-hmm. of consistent one, like time together with intimate conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I just think what it means is that, um, again, if discipleship is a relationship with Jesus Christ, a, a radical following of him that involves a turning away from other things in order to spend more time with him and to be more attentive to his presence in your life, um, then that can't be kind of like uh, analogous or on the same page with a one-on-one meeting once a week, but the meeting, yeah, hopefully fulfills the purpose of of bringing us back to that place. If as other things hopefully do as well, um, mm-hmm. and this is where there's a massive divide between college culture and like parish culture. Yeah, um, for sure. When we talk about discipleship, just having to do with the practical realities of people's times and what they've been given to. Right, because a lot of most people you in a parish have a family of some sort, and you know they're working mm-hmm. forty to fifty hours a week, and they have you know kids, and they have X, Y, and Z things that by nature they have been they have given themselves unto responsibilities that college students are still dreaming about and haven't actually entered into. Right, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying college students don't have a hard life, blah blah blah. They, of course, college students have a lot of responsibilities, um, but just plain and simple across the board almost like i'm gonna say like 98 percent of the time college students are more available than people in parishes and so that will affect when we talk about what does it mean to be uh to radically like set aside different parts of our life and follow christ again this is why what you said it's a lot harder to describe what it is or what it is than what it isn't like what it isn't is way easier to describe because 
even in the different contexts of people's lives, what it means to be a disciple, what, it, like, what are you detaching from to what extent? And what are you like, um, kind of, who are you going out to and in what fashion is going to be radically different depending on who you mm-hmm. are and where you're living. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like that just makes me think like it's a, going to be a lot harder to convince like a parent to let go of the little free time they have, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, because you know, their primary vocation is to their kids. And so you're not asking them to take a step back from that. Like you're not asking them to take a step back from their job or anything. But I think this goes again to, to how different aspects can look different. Um, because like, you know, I know a lot of like single, not single mothers, uh, married women who will meet on, um, like in the middle of the day sometimes because they don't like their husbands work and they don't work. Um, I'm thinking specifically of a group from my home parish and then also my mom, um, her Bible study, like they would, yeah, they just meet in the middle of the day and that works out for them. Um, because their kids are all at school and they all have older kids, but like it looks different for different people where it's like, you know, if, if you're working nine to five and then you come home and are taking care of your kids all day and like the little time that you have to yourself is like Saturday mornings and you are asked to on Saturday mornings give up that time to deepen your relationship with God by meeting up with someone or doing other things you know that's a lot harder for somebody to give up I don't know I'm ranting Anyways. No, I, I agree. And I think that's, again, th- this is why it's so important to get it right. Um, yeah. When we're talking about all these different abuses of, of the phrase and how it perpetuates into um, kind of like, yeah, like again, using the word in context that it becomes formulaic and programmatic and, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's detached from an authentic following of Christ. Because what happens is when it becomes formulaic, whenever you enter outside of the realm of that formula or that program, then it becomes like, what is this thing? How do I still live this way that I was being, that people were talking to me about? Um, mm-hmm. Especially if, like you said, it's become heavy catechesis and hasn't focused on like, you know, the actually being sent and being on mission. Um, if both of those things are true, it it's, it's inwardly focused and it's programmatic. Well, then, yeah, when you get in the context of a family in a parish, you're not going to live that way anymore. You know, like, Mm -hmm. of course you're not. And so, I think that's why it's so important to get this concept right as far as it goes. Yeah, radically detaching ourselves from the things of this world, following Jesus, you know, admitting that he is our our Lord and Savior, you know, giving ourselves over to that Lordship, pursuing him in his church, allowing him to, like, love us, and then going out to others. If, If discipleship is attached to those things, then that will apply to every context but if we think of discipleship as a one-on-one meeting once a week for an hour over coffee about what we're struggling with in our life, then yeah, that's not going to translate, you know, and that's why you see so much of people mm-hmm. that are really involved in ministries that drop off afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think what you're saying, this topic is so important because we have to understand that it's not a formula. It's not a program. It is like an authentic living with Christ to surrender ourselves to him. And to, and to go out to pursue his lost children, that and that will extend where whatever your setting will, and you'll be able to adapt the practicals of that to whatever setting because the mission will always remain the same. Mm-hmm. Awesome, cool. Well, Trevor, I think that that's everything we've got for today. Um, do you have anything else? Actually, I had a, a dissertation uh, sitting here. I was going to read it. Maybe on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I got nothing else, <laughs> baby. That's good stuff. Cool. Well, awesome. It was good talking to you this morning. Um, I'll lead us out in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for bringing us together this morning. Um, thank you for the conversations we get to have with each other. Even if no one listens, <laughs> they're fruitful conversations, Lord. We desire you more and more deeply. 
We desire to grow closer and closer to you. Lord, guide us to understand the ways that you're calling us into relationship with you and to respond. Lord, we love you. We want to give you glory as we pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everybody, this has been Layman's Terms. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for joining us. As the prophets of old once said, we'll be seeing you. Yeah, we'll be seeing you. Hey, we'll be seeing you. Yeah, we'll see you.